Welcome to the Influent Podcast, developing leadership, building success, and influencing society. For more resources, visit us online at influent.life. Hi, Bob Frazier, and we're back uh, with the Influent Podcast, and I'm here again with uh, Eric Fish. Hi, Bob. Good to be back. And uh, his friend Justin and Sam and Maggie. And... You know, say hi, guys. Great to be here, man. Thanks for Hello. having us, Bob. <laughs> so, um, and we shared in the previous podcast about uh, Eric's encounter with Michael Stevens, the Starbucks prophet, uh, and this whole transition that happened at that time um, with this simple church movement. And and the idea is getting people, it's kind of reinventing the way, what we, the definition of what church is, right? I'd say rediscovering. Redis- rediscovering of what church is, which is just being a follower of Jesus, bringing him uh, in, into life, into real society, right? Everyday life. Forming groups anywhere that love God, love each other, and love the lost, and are committed to doing that. Today. So we shared last time about what happened at, at, at Haskell University and Indian University and how uh, you brought Jesus in in such powerful and tangible ways, and 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 you're even changing the vernacular. You're using you're not using Christian trip phrases that I think are stumbling blocks, you know. So you're just talking about Jesus, not Christianity. You're talking about you know you know the change experience instead of repentance, and you know the water experience instead of water baptism, and yes. uh, and seeing. A God coming right. into these situations. Right. Well, I think it was Francis Schaeffer, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but who said that every generation must communicate the gospel in the language and the thought forms that are relevant to that culture to adequately present the gospel of the kingdom. Eric, aren't we so bad at that? This is this is what this is what I keep telling people, you know? Yeah, you know, we, we, we add on a lot of extra-biblical traditions that slow down the viral movement of the kingdom way of life. You know, in Acts 15, I believe it was the greatest missions decision in history, where there was a spontaneous explosion of Jesus following happening in a city called Antioch. But there was a, a group in Jerusalem that was, was pretty critical of it. And they said, no, you need to have this little uh, ceremony, circumcision ceremony, and you need to obey the Mosaic Law. You need to do church like we're doing in Jerusalem. The apostles gathered and thought, thought about it and prayed about it, talked about it, and decided it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than just wow. a few simple things. And so I like to think in terms of That's right. what are the extra burdens that we lay on wow. people that really aren't necessary early in, in, in them starting to follow the Jesus way of life. Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it focused on fully following Jesus, but let's not add a bunch of extra traditions baggage to uh, to people. Wow. It's interesting, you know, because uh, one of the things that I've been te- teaching is, uh, you know, the, about the kingdom of God. Well, the kingdom of God is when the power of God trumps the power of Satan, right? When mm-hmm. a life changes. And so when Jesus cast out a, a demon, he's, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Right. But the kingdom of God is also when the ways of God Trump the ways of Satan. Mm. So if a if a greedy man becomes generous, yeah. If if a if a selfish man becomes loving, the kingdom of God awesome. is also expanding. If a murderer stops murdering, and you know, he, he, here's an example. So you go to Africa, you have a big meeting, a thousand people raise their hand, they go home and beat their wives. Has the kingdom of God come? No, no, exactly. You're quick on that, and it's you're absolutely right. 
you, uh, you go to you do a meeting in Africa, a thousand people do not raise their hand. They go home and stop beating their wives mm-hmm. as the kingdom of God come. Right. Yeah. Well, we've 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 screwed, yeah. we've screwed this up royally. And, and so so well, we are we are both to to preach the gospel through through what you're you know through words and actions and deeds, mm-hmm. and also through just shining the light and bringing His ways in. And this is this is one of the great missions of the ninety seven percent who are not called a full time vocationary ministry. And 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 um, so when we talk about people who translate translate <laughs> Jesus, come on, I, I, I know, I know. I'm not going to let you say anything. He's got his hand up. He's stopping. He's holding me down. The Bronco man. So so you know you know a guy named John Maxwell. Number one leadership author on the planet. Well, he's a pastor. He writes 100% Bible principles. He's translated the Bible into business, you know, and it's not, it's not overt, although he, he has Jesus stuff in there. And he's brought the kingdom of God to the planet, and he's transforming the world. Today, in business, best practices in business are Jesus's ways. It's insane. He talks about servant leadership. He talks about integrity, humility. Where'd that stuff come from? Have anybody heard that before? And, and it's awesome. So this is, this is our mission is to, is Mm -hmm. to make Jesus understandable. And I, and I, I think the world has not rejected Jesus. They've rejected Christianity and the trappings, the, some of the traditional trappings. Okay. (laughs) Well, you're hitting the nail on the head, Bob. You know, we we are called by Jesus to disciple the nations. And we are not called to make decisions to, you know, okay, go in, raise Come your hand. We are called to make disciples, not decisions. Stadiums do not transform culture. Marketplace practices and what happens in the home is how we transform cultures, education, the home, the marketplace, the entertainment spheres. And I believe that, especially in the West, we're at a season of of creating a net for the harvest across America where people can learn the Jesus way of life um, and in ways that are applicable for their home, their business. It has to do with how we live, how we spend, how we invest, how we treat our wives and spouses and children. And um, I want to see stadiums filled, but even more than that, I want to see homes transformed. I want to see businesses transformed. So, uh, yeah, man, you're, you're, you're hitting on the head. We've got a whole world to reach for Jesus, and it's about making disciples, not decisions. Yeah, and, and so this is, this is uh, my, my most recent book, and you haven't read it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a copy awesome. here. Thank you. It's called Kingdom Horizon. And, and what this book, what I've done is I've gone through, I'm a, you know, I'm a data geek, and, uh, and um, I've gone through and looked at every single, every single sociological factor that I can trace that's mm. changed since Jesus walked the earth. So it's full of charts oh, and data. Right and do you know the do you know the kingdom has been rapidly advancing? And it's been, it's crazy how what's what's happening. I have chart after chart after chart about things that Jesus cared about and how it's changing. And then I point out that's chapter two and chapter. Three, I point out that that is actually the kingdom of God wow. is coming. Well, and then I go on Beautiful. and talk about chapter four and five and six about the the role of the ninety seven percent, the 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 non you know, you know the guys who are 
you know, not called a full-time vocational minister, is to bring his ways in and to bring transformation. So, yes, souls, and yes, but also to, to bring his ways, a better way of doing things, to bring in integrity, to bring in to bring in kindness, right. to bring in mercy, to bring right. in love. To How many ways does God have? Well, you know, that makes me think about the example of Jesus because he looked at, out at the crowds, Bob, and he felt compassion, so he taught them many things. So Jesus was teaching them principles about the way of life in the kingdom of God before people even understood who he was. That's right. This is how to be generous. This is how to be forgiving. That's right. That it's, it's more blessed to give than receive. He taught them many things, and we can engage our spheres in the same way. We don't have to be Bible-thumping exactly evangelicals right. to introduce the way of Jesus to people in, in, in a manner that is contagious and transformative. Right. He, he, the, uh, you know, the disciples, uh, they got baptized by John. They said, you know, to, John said, he said, ask John, what do we do? He said, oh, you're a soldier? Look, just just be kind. Don't over you. Don't abuse your, your authority. You're a, ta- you're a tax collector. A tax, this is a yeah. dirty job. I mean, yeah. you know, tax collectors are different in those days. Right. And he, they said, just don't collect more than you should. Just do your job. And he's telling them how to bring the light in their normal, everyday work. That's right. That's right. So, so yeah, well, I, you know, you brought up the point about uh, vernacular and our language. And our language really is important. And uh, sometimes we've forgotten how to communicate to a post-Christendom culture. And uh, I believe I, I, we live in exciting times. I believe our best days are ahead for new movements, outpourings of the Holy Spirit, Reformation, oh, transformation. And I was just in New York. You're, you're at, talking about the vernacular. Um, sometimes I'm really challenged as I go into different communities who aren't yet following Jesus. How do I communicate the message of the kingdom and start a group that is centered on following Jesus here um, in in the quickest way possible. I was recently in New York City. I told these guys a story recently, but um, I was visiting a businessman, a, 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 an entrepreneur in New York City, and had an extra day, stopped in, and spent the night with him, and he said, hey, do you want to go to a dinner party? So I said, sure. We go to this flat with like 25 young professionals and artists, and as far as I could tell, none of them following Jesus. No, you know, n- none of, not churchy people at all. Very cool people. But um, I'm just a, a, you know, a minute or two in the door, and this uh, young professional businesswoman, well-dressed lady comes up to me, young lady, and she goes, Hi, I'm so-and-so. Uh, what do you do for a living? So I look at her, and I, I go, Well, um, I am a spiritual guide of sorts. And she says, Oh, that's fascinating. What kind of spiritual guide? And I said, Well, I travel the country doing seminars, helping people explore the ancient teachings of Jesus, so that they can discover how they're uniquely created by God uh, for a specific purpose. And she says, this is fascinating. Can you tell me more? So we start talking about spirituality and, and meditation and Jesus and spiritual forces. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're totally real. I've centered in on the Holy Spirit force that comes from Jesus. And it's more of a compass and it aligns. There are other magnetic pulls. But I found Jesus to be the, the guiding like north of, of my life. And it's amazing. It really has caused me to come into a relationship with God as like a loving father. She goes, wow, I'd love to have that. And she goes, wow. she, I go, well, can I just pray for you? Pray. One of my customs is I, I like to invoke uh, spiritual blessings for people using the power source of the name of Jesus for people. And she goes, 
you would do that for me, that would be amazing. <laughs> so so I, I pray for her. And uh, there's no prophetic words, words of knowledge, anything. I'm just like, you know, praying a blessing, a father's wow. blessing, you know, let her experience God's love. Tears start rolling down oh her face. Gosh. She opens her eyes and she says, oh my God, you're a channeler. And I said, well, you are very spiritually, I said, you're very spiritually perceptive. Um, you know, uh, one of the scriptures that I've studied teaches that when Jesus was raised from the dead, he released his power through his spirit so that that spirit would come inside anybody oh who aligns gosh. their heart with Jesus. So sometimes when I pray for people, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead reaches out and touches someone else's spirit, and it's inviting you into a loving encounter with God wow. the Father. Mm-hmm. She goes, oh my gosh, you've got to meet my boyfriend. So she takes me across the room to meet her boyfriend. We start talking, and then dinner starts. We don't get to talk that much, but after dinner, we go down to this bar. And we're about ten of us are sitting around a table in this bar. It was during the last game of the World Series, where the Royals are in. I'm from Kansas City, so I'm in New York City. So, yeah, so, so I'm sitting here. The boyfriend comes up to me, and he says, Hey, hey, uh, can I talk to you some more? You know, it's kind of like Nicodemus at night. He was like, hey, can I talk to you? I said, sure, what's up? He goes, okay, how did it happen? I go, how did what happen? He goes, the Jesus thing. Like, what happened? You said Jesus changed your life? How did it happen that, like, in re- really practically, how did you discover who Jesus was and how did he change your life? And I'm like, are you serious? This is like a, you know, long pitch, you know? <laughs> and then I'm trying, like, not to watch the World Series on the TV above us. And I go, well, you know, Jesus, the, the, the message of Jesus is often called good news. I like to call it the great news because Jesus promised. I go, have you ever heard the great news of Jesus? And he goes, no. I go, what well, can I tell you? He goes, that'd be great. I go, well, Jesus, I told him a little bit about who Jesus was and that, you know, anybody who believes in him will receive eternal life when they die, be forgiven of all their sins, and then they get to start life over in a new relationship where God becomes their father and will guide them through the subsequent seasons of life. And he goes, that's amazing. I go, would you like to receive those three amazing gifts from Jesus? And he goes, I can't believe you're asking me this. I said, why? I said, he goes, well, I was just at a meditation seminar last month. And like, there were all these pictures of gods up on the wall. And one of the pictures was of Jesus. And as we meditated, I couldn't stop staring at Jesus. And I felt this presence come over me. And I felt like Jesus was inviting me to like know more about him. And now we're sitting in this bar and you're asking me if I want to become a follower of Jesus. I do. Mm-hmm. So right there in that downtown, downtown Manhattan bar, he prayed, he went through the change experience, and he became aligned with following Jesus, repented, believed, you know. And as we're finishing the prayer, this guy across the table goes, hey, what the hell are you guys doing over there? <laughs> and I go, why don't you tell him? So this guy goes, guys, you won't believe what just happened to me. I became a follower of Jesus, and like, I felt this like warmth inside me, and like this weight fall off my shoulders, and it's amazing, guys. And so I'm like, going to take advantage of this. I go, guys, let's let's give him a hand. And so the whole table starts clapping for this guy. And then he goes, I kid you not, Bob. He goes, hey, uh, can I ask you one more question? So it's kind of like they have no Christian vernacular. They think I'm some like spiritual motivational speaker or whatever. He's getting free advice. He's like, can you tell me two or three things I can do next now that I'm a follower of Jesus? Wow. So I'll tell you exactly what to do. So I grab my businessman friend. And this guy's a very successful entrepreneur. But he's a disciple maker. And he goes into the business communities. He understands making disciples. And I pull my friend aside. I said, I want you to get together with my friend. And I want you to start experiencing Jesus together. Do these seven experiences with Jesus together right here in Pocket Disciple. My business friend said, yes, let's do it. And right then the girlfriend says, hey, would it be okay if I experienced Jesus too? Then a guy across the table goes, yeah, I'm not a Christian, but... 
I want to experience Jesus. So they agreed the next night to meet in the bar in a little church, a little group of Jesus followers formed right in a downtown Manhattan nightclub. Holy smokes! That is cool! Oh, it's so fun. Oh, so fun. I love it. It's just so much fun to discover how good the good news is and how fun it is to be involved in the mission of God, no matter who you are, no matter your personality, no matter your spiritual gifting. We can bring Jesus anywhere. We all get to play in this great redemptive purpose God has for the world. Man, you know, it's it's just take off your religious trappings, right? I mean, so my 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 audience is is marketplace guys. So these are people who have jobs, right? Yeah. Boring jobs most of the days you're doing something that isn't about Jesus, right? Yeah. What do you tell these guys? Man, well first of all, I I come from the perspective that anybody can make disciples anywhere. And I think you really described it well that what does it look like for someone to have a transforming encounter when they go from being greedy to being generous, from being hateful to being loving. Uh, from being you know abusive to being kind, look know your workers. Proverbs says know the state of your flocks, uh, particularly if you're in management or ownership uh, uh, of a company. Look at your business like a flock that God has called you to tend and steward and care about. You know I had a I had a guy um, I had a guy um, a businessman friend an entrepreneur who he started printing books for me. Printed we have about I don't know. 20,000 of these out now, and uh, Pocket Disciples, and along with some other materials. But he goes, gosh, I could do this in my market, in my my, my work. He has a small company, about 30 employees, so he just sends a memo out at lunch. Hey guys, I'm going to start a group uh, at lunch for us to get to know each other and just have discussions about Jesus and how we can see, like, you know, really relevant, non-religious ways of seeing Jesus as a leadership example that can help our company. Started a group. Eventually, 29 out of 30 of the employees were meeting either before work or at a lunch group to learn how to follow Jesus together. And as I came in a few months later and interviewed the workers, and they all said this, you know what, we used to bicker, we used to backbite, now we're learning not to slander each other. Now we're learning to create a culture at work where we're building each other up. Now we know what's going on in each other's homes. When someone's sick, when someone's suffering, our work has actually become a lot more like a family. One, one uh, manager said, you know, I, she, she had gone to church before. She goes, this feels, my workplace feels more like a church now than going to a church on Sunday morning feels. Because we're experiencing Jesus, we're praying for one another, and we're experiencing greater profitability because the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control are being manifest in the culture of our company. (laughs) That's awesome! Awesome! So it's just lose the vernacular and be a Jesus follower. I love this. This is such a simple message. I, I can do this. You can do it. I can, we can all do this. You can do it. Permission this is, given. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is awesome, man. Thank you so much. Great to be with for, you, Bob. For, for coming. And I love you, Bob Fraser. I love sessions. your family. I love Joseph Company. I'm uh, glad to be running together, man. Hey, man, man. It's, uh, it's good to have you guys. And uh, let's do this again, man. we got to do, do part three. <laughs> that so, sounds good. All right. Bless you. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye.